Hey, before we begin this week's episode, we want to stop and take a moment to tell you about something else you can listen to, the NPR One app. You'll find news, local stories, and your favorite podcasts. And news, as well as local stories. NPR One is ready to make a trip, waiting in line, or waiting for a friend better. It's ready, it's ready to make those things better than they would be if you were alone in silence. So you can find NPR One in your app store. It's not too late to stop listening to this show and listen to NPR One. Noam Sobel is a neurobiologist at the Weizmann Institute of Science in Israel. And a few years back, he wanted to research what tears were good for. Did, did they have a purpose? Uh, for example, did they have a chemical signal in them? And it's a difficult thing to study for a few reasons. I should point out here that, that our, our initial study, at least, suffered from an, a really unfortunate gender bias. And, and this happened because, you know, we started off by, by publishing, just putting up posters in our campus and in a neighboring campus um, saying that we, we need volunteers who can cry with ease because we needed to obtain tears for our, for our research. And this led to, you know, about like 70 women volunteers and one man, basically, right? I mean, wow. And, and, and this, it's, it's just a cultural thing. And, and uh, you know, uh, although Israel is very macho, but I don't think it would be very different in the U.S. either. Men don't very readily admit to crying and, you know, typically will not come to a lab and cry for an experiment. And women will. And so, so we ended up with, you know, with women tears. And, and that's what we were working with for, for a long time. When you made the call for volunteers and you had just the one male respond? Yeah. Did you did you did you do anything with that guy or did you just let him go? Yeah, he failed. He he couldn't cry. He couldn't. <laughs> not of the the not in the way we need, right? So he he okay. couldn't generate tears for us in any quantity. So they kept this bias in mind and they got the tears they could from their volunteers, um, and they found something pretty interesting. To our surprise, we we found that exposure to these odorless tears, so so just merely sniffing them, rather radically reduced levels of testosterone. So if you sniff this, this thing, w within about half an hour, you'll have about a 20% reduction in, in testosterone, which is kind of dramatic. Yeah. Do you have an interpretation of what the advantage of that is, that yeah. female tears would lower testosterone? Yeah, and, and, and here I want to pull away even from, from, from necessarily female tears. What I think is being signaled is, is related to aggression. And, and what I think it, the, the signal that tears are carrying is a sort of stop aggression signal. And, and this is consistent with what, in fact, has since been discovered in, in rodents. So if you expose male, uh, adult male mice to juvenile mouse tears, they reduce their sexual aggression towards the juvenile mice. Can, can I just say I, I had no idea that rodents cried, that mice cried? Well, so, yeah, there are other examples. The blind mole rat, for example. So the blind mole rat will cover itself in its own tears, and this will protect it from aggressive behavior towards it by conspecifics. So in a way, if, if I can use sort of, uh, you know, the way I like to think about this, tears serve as sort of like a chemical blanket protecting the animal against aggression. So... So you're doing this research where um, you're required to get tears from people. Yeah. From donors, yeah. How do you make them cry? 
typically what we do is we ask these volunteers, uh, okay, you know, do you do you have any sort of film segment that you know, you know, that you that makes you cry? And typically people who are really good criers, they'll have that, right? They'll tell you, oh, yeah, sure, there's this scene and, you know, so-and-so where I always cry like crazy, right? And so we're the neurobiology lab with probably the largest collection of sad films in the world. And, and the volunteers watch these films in isolation and, and hopefully cry and, and uh, then collect their tears. And, and so that's basically how it worked. But, but now we're shifting uh, to, to toddler tears, and, and there we're using a whole different approach. What, what's the approach? Well, so, so we've entered into a collaboration with this national system where basically we, we approach mothers in the waiting room um, and offer them to participate in return for a toy for their child. Um, and basically, we just go into to the room with them when they go to be vaccinated. And um, if they cry, assuming they cry, uh, we wipe their cheek simplistically <laughs> with a special sort of cloth that goes into a special sort of device and goes right into liquid nitrogen. Um, and with this, we're building a tear bank. Based on your research, Noam, is there one scene that is particularly um, cry-worthy? <laughs> yeah. The scene in the movie Champ, where... Champ so uh, this is a bit of a spoiler alert here, uh, but it, this is for a movie that was made in 1979. I feel like we we can go go forward comfortably. The scene in the movie Champ, where Champ dies uh, in the hands of his four-year-old son who's crying, uh, is very effective. It's it's used by many labs who study emotion. By the way, not only by us. Really? Yeah, I think that I think that that movie gets more views in labs than in theaters. <laughs> okay, none of us here have seen the Champ. But uh, I feel like we should give this a try. Uh, in order to do that, we're going to also bring in our official uh, taste tester, Peter Sagel. He's going to join us as we uh, watch this scene from The Champ. And Nadia's going to join us, too. So this is the end of the movie. John Voight plays this boxer who's made this comeback. He's about to die. He's a single dad. He fights to earn money for his kid. He's just won a fight. And now he's, I mean, he looks terrible. Yeah, and... Here, here it goes. Oh no! Oh, he, that's little little Ricky Schroeder. Huh. Is that John Voight? Yeah, he looks terrible. Well, he has just been beaten up. Presumably, a young John Voight would look something like Angelina Jolie, right? Hmm. And you can see it. Did you see that? Yeah, a little yeah, bit. A yeah. little bit. Wake him up! Wake him! Please wake him up! Ah, jeez. Jeez, jeez. Give him an iPad or something to distract him. I think that's mm -hmm. you know, that the end off. of the movie. That's how it that's, ends. That's the end of the movie. That was, was basically roll Sheesh. credits at this point. Okay, nice. so did uh, did anybody cry? I noticed. Uh, I, I noticed, did. Yeah, Danforth's sure wiping did. something yeah. away from his face. Yeah, there. your eyes are red. Oh yeah. yeah. So did you did you get close to crying? No. Nadia? 
I think I meet, like got a little misty uh-huh. uh, after he had been saying champ for like maybe yeah. like a minute and a half. It does maybe. go on. A, a <laughs> it really does. It just and, was, and, it and felt the, like it was like beating me down. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. I might have, maybe I would have had an emotional reaction had I seen the whole movie if I'd yeah. known mm-hmm. who these people were. Hmm. Because that's just generic child sad over death of. Yeah. I can't handle that though. Yeah. It's I child, know. Child in peril. It's too yeah. much. You see, actually, here's the thing. And this might be relevant. How old are your kids? I don't think I can answer that. Right now, I'm you don't know. start crying. Oh, we see that. Well, is that right? Mike's <laughs> Mike's <laughs> Mike's children are are younger than uh, your oldest is like twelve now. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Look at him. Look at him go. <laughs> and when you're when you're, uh, I'm, I'm going to speak sort of clinically about Mike as he uh. weeps. When you're, I know this from experience. When your children are young, you cannot tolerate. Abs- it's like you cannot tolerate any Ugh. depictions of children in peril or children in pain. It Mike, cannot be done. Ugh. It cannot be done. Yeah. I have never, I have never seen you like this. You're that's not true. Seeing Mike upset is making me more upset than the really? than the movie. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know he had a heart. Did you know? It's too much. I've seen it's it once, much. but I've never seen it. I've never seen it quite like this. Because this is at work. Wow, oh, it's terrible. You have, a, you, you have a tear. You actually have a tear. He does. He does. Um. Well, I guess it works. Since there's four of us here, only one of us wept. Can we say it has a success rate of 25%? I think that. Yeah, sure. We went from like pop culture happy hour to story core. Like mm. with, we oh, usually like talking about yeah. who was in the movie yeah. and then one of us cried. I cried every time during pop culture happy hour. Yeah, it's very affecting. Now the part of our show where we like to take a moment and thank our sponsors, and today that's Blue Apron. Blue Apron partners with sustainable farms, fisheries, and ranchers to bring you all the ingredients you need to create incredible home-cooked meals. Ingredients come paired with an easy-to-follow recipe card, delivered to your door weekly in a refrigerated box. Mike, what would it be like if you got a Blue Apron meal, brought it home, opened it up, and tell me what it would be like preparing it with your, your kids? Ugh. Son of a They'd call me champ. Rediscover how fun cooking can be while enjoying specialty ingredients and exploring new flavors and cuisines. Get your first three Blue Apron meals free, plus free shipping by visiting blueapron.com slash everything. Also sponsoring our show this week is Stamps.com. Stamps.com helps businesses avoid time-consuming trips to the post office. With Stamps.com, you can use your own computer to print official U.S. postage for any letter or package. Then the mail carrier picks it up. No more wasting time going to the post office or wasting money on expensive postage meters. Sign up today for a four-week trial and special offer, including postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone, and enter everything. Hey, LaToya, what can we help you with? So um, the other day I was in the car, and I spend a lot of time in my car, and so when I need a quick snack, I always, my go-to snack is french fries. And sometimes I want to save them for when I get home. But how do you keep your french fries crispy and fresh and warm without eating them immediately in the car? This, I believe, is one of the great struggles of modern life. Yes. They get soggy or cold and hard, and you can't eat them anymore. I can't think of a food that has a, a, a greater uh, chasm between its its fresh form and its later form. 
Right, and I only it only takes me five minutes sometimes to get home, but they're always ruined. Wow. What kind of fries do you get? Um, I get the Chick-fil-A waffle fries. Oh. Okay, yeah. and waffle fries, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like those are especially bad mm-hmm. after a certain, that, that once that window closes, it feels like there's just no going back with those fries. It's true. All right, LaToya, we're going to look into this. Uh, it's a serious problem. It is. I think a lot of people could benefit from this answer. I, you know, I feel like if we solve this, our work as a show is done. <laughs> you know? Like we, that is the everything yeah. that four years ago we set out to, to figure out. And just lights out, production down, yep. curtain closed. Okay. Yep. Okay, Latoya, I think we have somebody who can help you. On the line with us now is Dan Souza from America's Test Kitchen. So, Dan, everybody has faced this problem. Is there a way to solve it? All right, so I think it's a really interesting question because normally I'm, I'm a, I, as soon as I get the French fries in the car from the drive-thru, like I'm, I'm eating them. So I don't usually run into that problem, but I have a couple I have a couple ideas. One is a way to maintain proper texture during the drive home, and the other is once you get home, if you haven't done that, how to fix it. So on the ride home, what your biggest enemies with French fries is um, that they cool down and all the, the starch in there kind of traps the water and they end up being not creamy and, and they're not crispy really at that point. And the second enemy is moisture. So if you wrap them up really tight to keep them warm, you trap all that steam and that's going to sog out your crust. Yeah. So in the car, the solution, so if you've got that nice you know cardboard sleeve from McDonald's or whatever, what I would do is I'd, I'd punch some holes in the bottom of the container Okay. Like maybe five, five or six holes in the bottom of the container, and then I would hold the open part to the vent, uh, the car vent, and just turn the heat up as high as possible, and the fan as high as possible, and I would just hold it there during the entire ride home. So what you're doing there is you're blasting them with hot, uh, hot air, which is going to keep the moisture um, at bay. It's going to wick that away, and it's also going to keep them hot so they won't cool down. So I haven't tested this out, but I. I'm pretty confident that that would keep them in in kind of ideal shape if you have a you know a long ride home. That sounds promising. I also like the idea that it would. Um, I think that's the best way to spread the delicious smell of French fries throughout the vehicle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I really originally got the idea as just an air freshener move, but you, you had a benefit of of the fries being really good too. Um, so that's that's my best bet. If, you know, if you live in Miami and you're doing this in the summer, you're probably you have to really love French fries to want to do it. But yeah. you know, in in Chicago in the winter, that's gonna be that's gonna be a nice thing anyway. So that's my solution for en route. If you get home and and you haven't done that and they're cold or you're, you know, you forgot about them, um, it's actually really pretty simple to get them back to their former glory. Um, you don't have to heat up your oven. You don't have to you know get a ton of oil going for. A large McDonald's French fry is about six ounces of fries. So if you have a 12-inch nonstick skillet, slick it with about a tablespoon of oil and bring it up until it's really hot, like almost smoking. Throw all the fries in in a single layer and cook them for about two to three minutes, just kind of tossing it every now and then. And then onto paper towel, you know, blot some of that oil, season with salt again if you want, and then you're eating. So like five minutes or so, and you can be back to French fry glory at that point. And, you, and you've tried this method? Yes, this is a this is a test kitchen approved method, believe it or not. Oh well, wow, okay. Yeah, that that was some testing that actually went on here. Um, we finally solved the, the big French fry reheating issue. So Dan Latoya, I think prefers waffle fries. Do oh boy, you, how right. how does that change things? Waffle fries, man! I haven't had waffle fries in a long time, and I never get them. 
out, I don't think. Um, so I think in the car, same solution, I think you should be fine. And I actually think in the skillet, it's probably going to be even easier because you're going to have less waffle fries for the same kind of uh, weight or the same package size. So even just like flipping those one by one probably wouldn't be a big deal. Um, they may not toss as well in the skillet as like shoestrings. But mm. um, but yeah, I would say I'd say you'd still be able to use that method, though I, I don't think we tested with waffle fries. That's kind of a, um, that's kind of out there. That's the wild card right there is yeah. the waffle fries. Well, Dan, thanks so much for uh, helping out LaToya. Hey, I'm, I'm happy to help her out. I hope it works well for her. You can check out Dan's new website, cookscience.com. That's cooks, C-O-O-K-S, science.com. All right, I think we should test out this method with the, the heater. So we're going to get some McDonald's french fries and go to Mike's car. Uh, you'll, you'll know we're there when we start speaking in hushed tones. Okay. Here we go. I'm turning into the rock and roll McDonald's. Oh, drive through. Oh wait, no wait. Left. Wait, what is though? This is. Oh, that's the parking. How does that make sense? This segment's really about the French fries, not about how how the parking lot is designed. All right, so I think you should get two large fries so that we can have a control fry and a test fry. Two large fries. Anything? Do you want anything else? Jalapeno McChicken. Do you want to hear a joke? Yeah. Uh, why did the jalapeno put on a sweater? Because it was a little chilly. Okay. But I do feel like we're here, you know? You yeah. might as well get something. Yeah, you don't you, know, you don't see a lot of McDonald's, so this is kind of a, a rare chance to try, try their food. Do you want to try a pumpkin spice latte? No. Uh, the the line here at the drive-thru has made this segment already longer than yeah. I was expecting. It's unfortunate. Um, Hi, can I get two large french fries? What size Coke? And a small Diet Coke. Okay. Would that be all? Yeah, that's it. Window one, please. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Okay. All right, thanks. So, okay, so the thing to do, we're going to poke the holes as instructed and then turn on the heater. Okay, we, we're a few minutes in now. This is, I am, I am suffering. Yeah. This, is, oh, this is terrible. It's really hot in here. Plus, I think we're in the wrong lane. Okay, oh my God, that is so hot. <laughs> Oh. Oh. I can see it. Here, you have heated seats. I'm going to go ahead and turn them on, too. It's uh, feel, though, so you can see I have, as instructed, I have the, the container right up against the vent. Uh-huh. You can feel feel the holes in the bottom. See if you, you feel the heat coming through. Yeah, it's very hot. Definitely, it's very hot there. Oh, yeah. Oh, look. Look at me. Look at my face. I'm, d- I'm dripping sweat. Yeah. Oh, what happened? So... There are two questions I realize that we're going to answer. One, does this work? Two, if it works, is it worth yes. the hu- the human cost? I don't think it is. I mean, if you're really hungry, then yes, it is. It is worth it. But I just think, oh, this is... Look at this. I am now rubbing my eyes because I am covered in sweat. I'm not... 
I'm not crying. I'm just sweaty. We really, we've had sweat and tears so far in this episode. <gasps> yeah. I guess we need to cut somebody. We need blood. Where's, we should go get Peter. Well, the next segment is um, somebody asks, how do I stab? Okay. Mike, Mike just went right through a crosswalk just to get us out of this car sooner. I think no, really no jury would, would convict us. I think that's the thing to remember. Like, whenever you're frustrated by the driver in front of you doing something erratic, it could be that they're just trying to keep their fries fresh and that they're just, they're boiling inside their car, that it's 100 degrees and they have one hand holding hot french fries up to an air vent. Um, okay, so. so Candace and Nadia should be here somewhere. There they are. So let's do this. The freshest possible french fries. Okay, it's so hot in here. Oh God. Here, hold the mic. <laughs> oh okay. God, it's so hot. Okay, so those are the these are the treated ones. Okay. Go. Oh, they're really good. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. I think they taste like they should. They taste like fresh out of the McDonald's mm-hmm. fryer. Yeah. Uh, okay, now these here are the ones that were just sitting in the bag. Oh, I can already feel the soggy. They're soggier. Yeah. Yeah, they actually are. Oh, I'm, and, s- I'm so glad because this has been a nightmare being in this car. <laughs> Um, they're also I mean, harder. they're still really good. Yeah? Um, but they're, yeah, they're soggier and a little more, like, if it's possible, also cardboardier. Cardboardier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're a little, yeah, they feel they don't taste harder and not as... I'm going to go for crispy and fresh. Yeah, I much prefer the treated ones. Oh, yeah. The treated Truly. ones have kept the grease as well. Yeah. You can taste the grease. The ones that we the ones using the method are definitely crispier than the ones that were just left in the bag. Mm-hmm. So I think Latoya has got to try this. Um, I don't I don't think it's going to make dr- for safe driving though. No. No, you need a partner yeah. and a and a high tolerance for pain. I think if you have like cold like a some kind of clothing that will keep you cool. Like Strap a, yourself an ice pack. Like an ice pack, exactly. If you have an ice pack you can sit on, that will make this bearable. But yeah, those fries, it works. Well, that does it for this week's show. What'd you learn, Ian? I learned that we are not alone in, in, in crying, that actually mice and other animals cry too. Yeah. Do you think Mickey Mouse cries? I'm sure, yeah. You think so? What we're looking, what we see, is just the positive, just the fun stuff, the adventures. That's like Mickey's Facebook page. It's just the good stuff. Yeah. There's a world of pain there that he goes through. Things are not good with Minnie. Well, that's I'm wondering if there's a little bit of overcompensation. If every, you know, it's like, you know, I just want to say, ten years ago, I made the greatest decision ever when I married my best friend. He's like, okay, that's you're overselling it, Mickey. Yeah. Yeah. Your friends are what? You have a dog. A duck. Yeah. You don't know anybody who's like you. You're all alone. There's nobody that can understand you. He's a germaphobe. Yeah. Yeah. He's got gloves on. Yeah. I don't shake. I just do fist bumps. How to do everything is produced by Nadia Wilson and Candace Mattel. Hey, Candace. Our intern this week is Tyler. Tyler uh, came in and he diagnosed all our diseased plants. Turns out we're not very good at plants. Sorry about that, Tyler. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And you can visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. 
Hey, it's Guy Raz here from the TED Radio Hour, and I'm really excited to tell you about another podcast I'm hosting. It's called How I Built This, and it's a show about the most amazing innovators and entrepreneurs and the stories behind the companies and movements they built. The show launches on September 12th. You can find it at npr.org slash podcasts on iTunes or on the NPR One app.